Good morning and welcome to Rimrock Church. What a beautiful day, huh? Couldn't believe it was 70 degrees when I got up this morning. Like, wow, open windows. It was great. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus and celebrate him and his love today and the beautiful weather and all the great relationships and the grandbabies as Cindy calls her grandbaby in. Thank you, God, for grandbabies. Come on, let's sing and say it. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. Together we sing. Everyone Come on. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, and the earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, and the earth is filled with His glory, and the earth is filled. We stand and lift up by hand For the joy of the Lord is our strength We know He is We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing Everyone sing Come on Let's let the God Almighty, the earth 
your glory God we want to give you the praise and the thanks thank you for this church for this beautiful day Your voice 
the darkest night You are close like no other Yes, you are I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God Come on, sing it, friend Has he been faithful? Sing it to him, say. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Yeah, we will. Just get this. Come on. Your goodness is running after, running Goodness is running after, running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, running after. Come on, lift it up, sing that again. Say, Your goodness is running after. everybody. Hey, I'm Josh Hodgson. I'm the student pastor here at Rimrock, and I'm glad to welcome you all this morning. Um, if you're visiting and uh, you're wanting to learn more about our church, we'd love to get to know you more. And one way you can do that is either to talk to one of us, one of our greeters, or there's this card in the seats in front of you. We'd love to have you guys fill that out so we can get connected with you. Um, so today's a special day because we get to share a little bit about what we've been doing with the students this summer. And before I jump into that, um, I just want to let everybody know uh, months and years of planning have led up to what's coming next week to Rapid City. The Paha Sapa celebration with Will Graham coming um, is, is next weekend. And so I want to invite you guys, if you haven't heard about that, to um, look into that and think about, prayerfully consider who you could invite to be a part of that weekend to come and know Jesus um, and hear the gospel presented. It was exciting to sit with a few students uh, at trainings uh, for 
uh, this event. And so we have a few students from our church who are going to be there ready to walk through people responding to the gospel, um, along with several other adults from the, the church who have been through that. And so it's been really exciting to see the excitement for that, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do next weekend here in Rapid City um, through Will Graham and through all the people that have been preparing for this. Um, so keep that in your prayers, and if you want to come to that or invite somebody to it, it'd be great to have you guys. Um, there's some slides we've got here, uh, and it's going to be mostly slides from our, our high school trip, but there's also some things from the summer. And uh, I'm just going to have those play in the background while I share a little bit about kind of what we did this summer. Um, so um, uh, we went to a trip called CIY, Christ in Youth Move. That's what I'm wearing this shirt for. And we took 16 of our high schoolers down to Warrensburg, Missouri for this. And we got to spend a week together learning about God, um, kind of digging into things. And uh, it was really neat to see God break through into the lives of the students that we had. Um, we had one student trust Christ for the first time, and he got baptized there. And we would have d loved to do it as a part of what we did here at Rimrock Meadow, but he was moving, and the timing of it was just right, and it was just a blessing to see that. Um, and we had m many other students recommit their lives to Christ who felt like they'd been walking away. Um, and uh, just really exciting time to see what God is doing, and it's really, really fun to see how fired up they still are, even 50-some days after uh, we left that trip. Um, some of the other things we've done this summer, we took the middle schoolers to Camp Nebwildak, which is at the old Camp Kinship uh, Black Hills Retreat uh, Center, I think, um, up uh, 44 and then 385 little ways, and spent a week out there uh, in camp getting to know people from other churches from the Dakotas and Wyoming area. Um, and it's just really cool as they spent time, actually it really ties into what we're talking about today with worship. They talked about why do we worship? Who do we worship? When do we worship? How do we worship? And so they spent time reflecting on those questions and answering those questions that we worship God. And I love that song that we were singing today, Tom, The Goodness of God. When I was actually going to say, hey, we should sing this one at church. It's just really good. I love it. So I'm glad you guys played it. Um, but uh, just had some amazing things. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, we stopped at an amusement park with our uh, high schoolers on the way down. And that's uh, Jill, Jack, and Cole uh, all very differently responding to it. Some are screaming and some are just... Very serious-faced. <laughs> uh, uh, am I going to live through this? So um, we took our time on the way down and experienced some things. We had some fun, but we also stopped. One of my favorite moments from the trip is we stopped at City Union Mission in Kansas City and spent time serving uh, at it's a homeless shelter for the building we were at was for women and children, so families were a part of it, and the men stayed in a different building. And we got to go and clean and just kind of bless their ministry. And uh, the guy who was sharing with us and kind of hosting us shared about the start of it. And it, it, that building had started as a brothel. And uh, so this woman uh, started meet that from there started meeting with this Christian lady. And she shared the gospel with her. And she's like, oh, I have to share this with everybody. And so she just totally changed directions with where that was headed and started to share the gospel out of it. And they turned it into this place where it could be a, a home and a, a place for people to be rescued from things. Um, and it's just grown. They're building new buildings. It was just really exciting to see how God's blessed that. And the gospel is the core of their mission. It's not a peripheral thing. It's, that's what their whole mission is and why they serve these people is so they can tell them about the gospel. There's the student we baptized, Trenton. He's down in Colorado Springs now. Yeah, so praise God. It's so cool to see the transformation of his life. Um, and uh, 
Anyway, we're going to have more pictures online for you guys too. There's a whole bunch of updated ones on the website and things too. So if you want to take a look, through, see how God, what God was doing this summer, um, that'd be great. But I also have an interview for you guys. Uh, three of the guys who came to CIY with us um, spent some time with me and Levi um, answering some questions about their trip. And we wanted to give you guys a glimpse into how it affected their lives from their own voices. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, there's some good summer moments there. We've been having a blast. Um, so as they get that switched over. So I'm just going to let this play. And uh, they were using their voices during the recording, so I bet we'll get there. We may show us another time if that isn't going to work. So it'll be online. We'll probably maybe have a link to it on the website too. Um, but uh, anyway, it was just a joy to hear from them about what God was doing. And uh, so sorry that didn't work for you guys, but uh, it's a joy if you guys have a moment to it. Then we can actually put the longer cut on there for you guys, and we can get into singing some more worship songs and things too here. But anyway, I just want to say thank you guys um, for your support of our student ministry. Um, the fundraiser we did here helped uh, pay the majority of the way for a lot of students get to get to these trips. Um, and so without your guys' support financially and without your support prayerfully, um, it would be hard to see God moving in the lives of these students. But because of what you guys um, did at the time of prayer for our students, it was just amazing to see God really show up in their lives and to still encourage them even to today. So thank you guys for your time. And uh, Nick, I think you're up next, right? Here you go. your investment into the young people's lives at Rimrock. We're uh, blessed to have you and your family here. Uh, we are wrapping up a sermon series called 21 Days of Intention, and so what we've desired to do is take different aspects of, I guess you could say, spiritual disciplines or practices that, that Christians often do and kind of highlight the why. So we've talked about everything from communion and baptism, and so today we are going to talk about uh, the reason, perhaps, that we worship God through song. And so, if you guys would join your hearts in prayer with me, I would uh, love that. Gracious Father, we just come before you, uh, first declaring your goodness as we have sung. Uh, we come before you declaring our desperation for you. Uh, thinking through, uh, it doesn't take much to realize how fragile we are. Uh, that our, our bodies are forever changing, that you sustain the breath within us, um, cells that turn over. All of that is by your design, and we are completely at your grace, at your mercy, to continue to bless us, love us, sustain us. And so now, God, we ask that uh, by the power of your word, uh, by the power of your spirit, that you administer to our hearts, that you would transform us, that you would redeem us, that you would free us from bondage, 
uh, that we would bring you honor, that we would bring you glory. So, Father, please uh, just throw your weight around this building and around uh, this city and around this country today. Amen. Not long ago, I was at a funeral service, and like many funeral services, there was some praise music and some worship songs, some hymns sung throughout. And we were singing one particular worship song, and I was standing up, and there was a gentleman right next to me, and he was probably 75 to 80 years old. And as he was singing, I just kind of quieted my voice and realized this is not the first time that this man has sung, and this is not the first time this man has sung praises to Jesus. It was incredible to just hear, and I was so blessed to be by a guy with some pretty old vocal cords, and he sounded phenomenal, just audibly, you know, his gifts and his talent, and it just ministered to my heart to see a man fully engaged in song to his king. And so you think through those little moments and those little opportunities that God has given us so many different avenues to minister to each other, to connect with him, and to just sit in the presence of who he is, to declare the truth of who he is. And so these were moments that, as you guys know, um, God uses so many different things to speak to you, but man, there is not a lot like music, is there? You see a little one-year-old start moving to music. Who taught him that? It's just intrinsic. Music is just kind of placed within our soul. I've, I've, there's probably someone out there, but I've yet to meet someone who says, I really have a disdain for music. I mean, it's, it's, it's universal, uh, many different languages, but the, the idea of music is just within us. And so I am just blessed to think through what is it like, and I've been blessed for the last few weeks to think through what does it mean to engage in worship through music. And here's some of the things that, that I've, I've come to. Uh, part of it is what it does to our senses, right? If I, if I just recite a verse, which is good to do, uh, it grabs some of my senses, particularly kind of the cognitive part of me, the thinking part of me. But music grabs the thinking part of you, and you feel it. Uh, it grabs all of these senses to engage kind of your full person and the depth of your soul into what you're engaged in, right? If I asked you to share with me, you know, your three favorite verses, some of you might be able to, but you might kind of think, oh, what does that say? Harder to bring um, to memory. But if I said, hey, start singing your favorite song, a lot of you guys, lyrics are easier to remember than just words. And I think God knows that. And it, I think it has to do with bringing every part of us to a particular objective. And so music does incredible things to us. It grabs us emotionally. It allows us to express ourselves emotionally. And then the other thing I think it does is, as much as I can enjoy music on my own, you think about creating music and what it requires of you. So we got a worship team up here, very talented and skilled. But if these guys can just play their instrument well, it's not going to sound that great. Have you ever been to a 6th, 7th grade orchestra concert? It's painful, right? But as they get older, they learn not just their instrument, but they learn how to integrate with other people. 
And so our praise team, you listen to a guitar, you listen to sometimes a flute, you listen to vocals, you listen to the drums, all kinds of instruments. But if they're totally locked in on just their own thing, even if they're phenomenally talented, it's not going to create music. And so they have to learn to listen to their partner so they know when to elevate the sound or stop altogether. They know when to come in. They know when to do this part of theirs. They have to be in communion with each other, which requires attention to each other. And I think it's highly relational. And when you think about music is a very, very palpable picture of what I believe the body of Christ is to look like, where Scripture talks about having our own gifts that Christ has imparted on us, our, our talents, our spiritual gifts, and we're called to reflect Christ using those, but we reflect him more fully when we do that together, right? So I believe music is a picture of more. I believe music is a picture of the gospel. I believe music unifies us as a people, whether it be at a European football, soccer game, when everyone's singing uh, the same song, or whether it be within church where we're glorifying our God in heaven, um, bringing all of our hearts and all of our emotions together to express worship to God. Really, worship means to lift up, to adore, to elevate, to proclaim adoration, to honor. So what we're talking about is using the gift of music to honor God, to lift up God, to admonish God, to praise God. This is what 1 Corinthians 14, the context of this is, is spiritual gifts. A lot of what it's talking about in 1 Corinthians 14 is, is speaking in tongues. And uh, what the author tells us is all of these things are called to edify the church and to glorify God. Not to edify self, but to edify each other. In order to do this, the gifts must be executed in certain ways and with certain heart motives. And so God imparts talents and abilities on all of us. And then he gives us the opportunity to, to engage in those gifts, engage in those skill sets, engage in your experience, engage in your story, to sing a song that is going to bless and edify others and glorify him or to build your own glory. And one thing I've always wanted to do, so I'm taking the opportunity today, is I have always wanted to... Praise leaders, praise teams, they catch a lot of judgment. Have you noticed? Singing the wrong song, you're singing too loud, you're singing too quiet, too old of songs, too new of songs. They are under scrutiny often. And one of the things that you hear a lot is, hey, I don't want you to perform, I want you to worship. And my take is this. We all know our hearts can go rogue any moment. Whether we're singing or whether we're listening or whether we're preaching or whatever we're doing, we can be selfish and self-glorifying, for sure. Our flesh is, is hard to tame sometimes. But what I believe when Scripture says that whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, that means if you're performing on stage at church or at the buffalo chip, if you're a Christian you should be engaging in worship. If you're a Christian, whether you're leading music or performing or not performing, it should be the expression of what Christ has placed in you outward. So I've always wanted to give my musician friends, I want you guys to perform your hearts out as unto the Lord.
Okay? I've been so blessed to watch people engage in their talents, whether it be music or whether it be a, hospi- a hospitality gift, to watch people engage in the talents that God has just weaved in them is a true blessing, is it not? 1 Corinthians 14, 7 and 8 says this, Even inanimate things produce sounds, whether flute or harp. If they don't make a distinction in their notes, how will what is played be recognized? In fact, if the trumpet makes an unclear sound, who will prepare for battle? So the point being, if we take God's gifts that he has given to us, and we place them and and sanctify them, set them apart to bring him glory and to edify each other, we will make a beautiful sound. And understand and recognize you have a part in the orchestra of God. You have a part that when you step into that, empowered by the Holy Spirit, beautiful things get put on display. Specifically, the person of Jesus Christ gets put on display so that the world looking in, if they're lost, can have an idea what God might be like. And Christians can look and understand God more fully. And he cultivates a love not only for him but for each other more fully when we step into our role and play our part in the orchestra of God. And so today we're going to do things a little bit different. Um, I'm going to preach and then these guys are going to play some songs. And then I'm going to get back up and preach and they're going to play another song. And the desire is for us to, whether it be observing but engaged or whether it be singing with the team, to understand and recognize I bring myself to the Lord as a declaration of worship to Him.
you know scripture says that there are angelic beings whose only role throughout eternity is going to be to declare holy, holy, holy. For all time, we partake in eternal things. Do you think those beings are saying, ah, oh, what's in it for me? Angelic beings aren't interested in consuming. They're interested in declaring glory to God. And I believe they are filled with satisfaction for all time. And that is a picture of what we get to partake in now that we just partook in and for all time. For everything that we do to declare holy, holy, holy. So the applicable question for me and you is what's your song? What's our song? What's my song as a family? What's our song as a church? What's my song as a couple? You think about moments where maybe you have to engage in a tough conversation with your teenage son or daughter. What song are you going to be expressing? Where I don't quite like my spouse, what song am I expressing? We all are declaring something with our lives. Scripture also gives us tons of examples, not only to come together and unify with singing, not only to commune with God and each other, but it gives examples where music has been a song, a song has delivered individuals from battle, a song has brought victory, a song has broken chains of bondage. So one interesting place that uh, this is recorded is Second Chronicles, Chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat is in Jerusalem, and they're surrounded with enemies. And so I'll read this. I'm going to start in 18, actually. I think we might, have, might start at 20 here, but uh, you'll catch up. So read it on the screen. I'll, I'll get us started. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the Kethathites and the Korahites stood up to praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And verse 20, And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people... He appointed those who were to sing to Yahweh and praise him in holy attire. And they went before the army to say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. I'm going to skip down to verse 27. It says this, Then they returned, and every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to the Lord with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord, and the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that Yahweh had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Here's what took place in between there. Armies are descending upon Jerusalem, and they're, Jerusalem's scared. They're surrounded, and so God moves Jehoshaphat to appoint people to sing, and so they go, and as we read, they start praising God and worshiping God, and all the armies get confused for whatever reason and start turning on each other, 
and start fighting each other and picking each other off to the point where they all annihilate each other, Jerusalem gets the, the bounty and lives peacefully. An amazing song, an amazing picture and story where God decided to position his people to simply receive victory and their only task, their only role was to sing praises. And there were specific roles that each person had. And in this point, he didn't use the mighty men, he didn't use the warriors, though in the past he has. He used the singers, up front and center, center to lead his people in worship and to deliver them. I have a friend who is a talented musician, and he was telling me a story way back in his life uh, where he was really struggling with depression. And it was a dark season for him, and he, had a, he was having such a difficult time getting out of that, rising above that, as is so often the case. And here's what God communicated to him. Hebrews 13:15 says, Through him, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. You think of what a sacrifice of praise is. A sacrifice is typically something that costs you. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard. And his will was shut down in depression. And God continued to move him to say, I want you, though you don't feel like it, I want you to choose as an act of faith to engage in praise with me. I want you to sing worship to me. And he experienced the truth of Isaiah 61.3 that says, A garment of praise will lift a spirit of heaviness. So God uses music often to deliver you from bondage or from the enemy. 2 Kings 3.15, Jehoshaphat and Elijah are engaged. And it says, Bring me a musician. And then when the musician played, the hand of the Lord was upon him. 1 Samuel 16 tells the story when Saul has an evil spirit upon him. And so his counsel says, hey, there's a young man named David who's very gifted. And they become friends, Saul and David, right? And so anytime David would come and play and express praise with his gifts and his instrument, it says the spirit of the Lord, or the spirit, the evil spirit would lift and Saul would be refreshed. So many, many times you think of the bondage that we get into emotionally and have a hard time getting out, and there's story after story, whether it be within this room or within scriptures, thousands of years old, that God says, I have, I have something for that. I have an anecdote for that. I have medicine for that. Bring on your lips praise, and in this case, use music to refresh your heart, to show you that I still deliver, to declare truth to me. You elevate me, and I will lift that spirit of heaviness. Worship team, got another song for us? i 
sing a song, a song declaring we belong to Jesus. He's all we need. And lift up our hearts in Sing now with voices. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. Music is the language of the soul. I hope you've had the experience whether it be as a group or in solitude, to just be brought to your knees by music, by praise. I hope you've had the experience to be brought to your feet by music and by praise. And I do want to encourage you, there's so many times we get to do this together and there's, there's energy and there's relationship, but I also want to encourage you to try this out alone. Whether it be on a motorcycle ride or in your car or in your shower, Engage in music, engage in singing, engage in worship and praise with your heart, and just see what God does with you. See what God does for you. It's a wonderful experience. I can um, think of a couple times that have just uh, 
made deep, deep impressions on my soul. Uh, one years ago, we were doing a marriage conference, and two people that I love dearly, a lot of you know them, one my wife and two Chris Parrish, both musicians, uh, they, were, they were doing music together. And I remember sitting there and just watching these two people who I have the deepest respect for praise my king. And it was one of those moments that just ministered deep to my heart. And we love to give God opportunities to do that. God loves to take those opportunities to do that. And I believe what we're required to do, what we're asked to do, is simply to acknowledge he is the giver of all good gifts. And even that thought brings glory and honor to his name. That thought, that recognition, is me putting myself underneath him and elevating him for who he is, that he loves when we recognize his goodness and when I just stand underneath his gifts. And he loves when you do as well. There's other times that music doesn't only remind me of God's promises, it doesn't only unify us, but music changes us. Our, our vision as a church is to be a community being transformed by Jesus Christ while we experience God, embrace grace, and engage others. And I feel like music and worship through music does these things. It has transformed me. It has allowed me to engage with other people. It has allowed me to stand under the grace of God. We have, a, we have different, in our church, uh, downtown church, we have a, a couples that do this together. Uh, Chris and Tessa Brady, uh, the Schmitz. So when you see couples on stage expressing praise to God, that moves in my heart. That's their song. And you all have story after story after story, I'm sure, where God just ministered deep to your heart and soul, whether you are observing, because some of us just don't sing that well, right? And maybe when we sing in church, we're supposed to sing quietly. And, and then that's where you get to shout out loud when you're in your car, okay? Uh, so I really believe you can be fully engaged whether you're singing and dancing loud or whether you're sitting there quietly. It's a posture of our heart, and I think God uses both. Once again, he brings out these different beautiful touches and talents that he's given each of us. And he says, play your part in my orchestra, play your part in my song, and then fully enjoy when others are playing their part. Because have you noticed that? Because we can compete, and when people compete in music, it usually doesn't go well. One drowns the other out, or one plays in where they shouldn't. It doesn't go well. But again, if I am, at a, if I am listening to others, if I am integrating with what they're doing, whether it be music or whether it be life, good things happen. Good sounds are displayed. Uh, another place in Scripture that God uses music uh, in powerful ways is the Songs of Ascent. So it's a special group of psalms, uh, 120 through 134. They're also called Pilgrim Songs. And four of them are attributed to King David, uh, one to Solomon, and the other ten, we're not real sure. And so if you've been to Jerusalem or if you've studied, Jerusalem's on a high hill. And so when the saints would travel to Jerusalem, when the Jewish festivals would take place, many times, they don't know whether these songs were written for this purpose or not, but the tradition became that they would sing these songs of ascent on their way to the Jewish festivals. And so as a group of people making these pilgrimage, they, they engage, whether it be their family or their extended family, to, to sing these songs. 
and listen to some of the themes here. And so on the back, I think we, I think we have an insert there. Okay, and it has uh, these different psalms. And so my encouragement to you is throughout this week, read those. Try your best to possibly sing those if it's appropriate. But it, it, Psalms 120 reminds us of God's presence during a distress. How many times do you need that? Skip down. Psalms 125, prayer for God's blessing upon his people. We certainly need that. Psalms 131, surrendering as a child. So some of these are declarations. Some of these are reminders to ourself. But God uses song to preach to us. And even now, you recognize that you were just preached to by them. I was just preached to by you. And understand that God is always speaking. God is always declaring who he is. And all of that is to reveal his goodness, his power, his holiness to his people and to the world. And he's always giving us opportunity to spread that one to each other. To pour that out onto one another. And I think when we have a heart posture of worship, like we learned in Ecclesiastes, it hardly matters what you're doing. You can turn everything into idolatry, and therefore it's like smoke, it disappears. And you can turn most things into worship. And so a heart surrendered and postured can enjoy God and be loved by God in nearly every situation that you find yourself in. And my encouragement to you this week and as you move forward is allow God to bless you with music. And declare blessing and bless God with music. Whether that be a hymn or a psalm or that be something you hear on the radio where the artist has no idea that you're glorifying God in your heart. Amen? Amen. Worship team, bring it home. So I was reminded again earlier this week about a little lesson God taught me because I, I came to the Lord and God changed me in an incredible, total revolutionary way and, and uh, music had always been a big part of my life. And when I went to my first church where people actually sang and sang out, it blew me away. But it was a very conservative bunch, and so nobody raised their hands, right? And, <clears throat> and so I didn't raise my hands. And then I started getting around people who were a little more dis demonstrative of their faith, and it kind of made me uncomfortable, you know, at first. And then God said, Haggerty, why won't you raise your hands? Well, the people will think I'm weird. Well, then you're not worshiping me, are you? You're worshiping them. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm raising my hands. <laughs> and inversely, there's some churches where if you don't raise your hands, you're sort of looked down on, right? Which is a different form of law. That's not worship. So I don't care if God says kneel and be quiet or raise your hands, but don't do it for other people. Do it for him. Amen. All right. What's the song again? <laughs>
fall upon this group of people and follow within them and outside them as they walk out the door, God. May we shine like lights in a warped and crooked generation, and may all the glory be yours in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. God bless. See you Wednesday night.